Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. Plus, my economic plan is building more clean energy future made in America. Not in America, made in America. This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu Does America. Head over to StuDoesMerch.com. Load up. Stu10 is the code to save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video right now. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all the things that you do. Glenn Beck is going to be here with everything you wanted to know about Banana Republics. And I mean everything. Chicago gets a new mayor, which begs the question, can anyone be worse than Lori Lightfoot? Probably. Which is actually a terrifying thought. We'll get into that in a little bit. But we start by doing the manufactured Trump crimes. Yes, we're here. You know the story. Stormy Daniels! Stormy Daniels! Yes, we're still talking about Stormy Daniels in the year uh, 2023, which is incredible. Um, That's uh, just, you know, it's past most people's uh, lifespan in the world of fame when you're a porn star. But yes, she's still famous. She's still doing stuff. And she had some bad news yesterday. Yes, Stormy Daniels was ordered to pay Trump. (laughs) Trump team's legal fees, $120,000. After all of this, on the day he's indicted, she finds out she has to pay Donald Trump $120,000. Wow, that's not a great day. Now, some people have said, look, yes, it's a little bit bad news for our poor Stormy Daniels. But the good news is... Lots of people watching her porn now. Great societal reaction, everybody. Uh, Yes, Stormy Daniels getting record-breaking Trump bump on adult video site. We have the charts for you, as you know, Chartapalooza. Here it is. Uh, Yeah, you know, only, can you remember back how old you were on March 29th? Yes, she only got 34,443 searches on Pornhub. But Good news, she's up to now 650,000. So people are like, hey, I remember that Stormy Daniels story. Let me watch a bunch of her porn, which is totally a sensible civilization reaction to this type of thing. Now, Trump, of course, after the uh, indictment, we went through all of it yesterday. He flew down to Mar-a-Lago and he made a big speech where he railed against, once again, the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, D.A., Alvin Bragg and the whole situation, honestly, uh, the whole their family and all the Democrats and what you'd expect out of Donald Trump. It is interesting to see if the uh, judge will try to follow up with some of the threats they made on. Uh, trying to uh, say you're not allowed to talk about this stuff. They, they were talking about maybe a gag order on Donald Trump. They didn't do it, but they said, hey, don't, don't uh, threaten anybody. Don't cause violence. Now, you know what the, the left's description of causing violence are. Like any word that is somewhat critical is something that causes violence in their world, unless one of their people do it. Then they can say anything they want. They can call Donald Tr- Trump literally Hitler and never expect any violence to come out of that. But if Donald Trump says, I don't agree with the judicial philosophy of the judge here in this particular case, uh, that's causing violence. So we'll see where that goes from here. As, as I told you from the very beginning, Donald Trump loves this. I mean, he doesn't want to be indicted, of course. But now that he's been indicted, he loves the attention it's getting him. He loves that it's, it's causing people to rally behind him. And he went immediately to the place uh, where we thought he would. In fact, well, sort of. We, we said, you know, once this mugshot comes out, He's just going to put it on a T-shirt. He's going to sell it. He's going to try to make money. Well, there was no mugshot. So what did they do? They photoshopped a mugshot. (laughs) They made a fake mugshot of Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump's campaign. 
and they put it on a T-shirt for you to buy that says not guilty behind it. I bet it's a huge seller and they're going to raise a fortune. This is once again another good example of how Donald Trump just runs the media. I mean, he just owns it. He's uh, it's, it's his apparatus. And yeah, they say bad things about him, but they're always talking about him. Now, the, the it's been kind of a sad story. We went through this a little bit yesterday, CNN in particular, but the people on the left are a little bit sad. House Dems are curbing their enthusiasm on the Trump arrest. They kind of realized that there wasn't really much to that. I'll give you a couple more of the details of what was in the document here in just a second. But I want you to sit back and enjoy CNN talking about how pathetic these charges were. Is it what you thought it was going to be? And are you unimpressed? It it is what I thought it was going to be in terms of focusing on the payments that were made, the falsification of the records, and really tied to the payment that was made to Stormy Daniels Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of a case that's being brought against a former president. It's a little underwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's not more to it. Mm -mm. Uh, There's not more violations, tax violations. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not an incredible new set of facts that we didn't know about publicly. It's really the facts of this case as they have existed for basically almost seven years. I was watching these segments live, and that went on and on and on and on. The whole panel, people like Van Jones and people uh, way on the left saying, yeah, you know, we really want him to kind of go to prison, but it doesn't seem like there's much here. And that was the yesterday position. Uh, One of the things I think we really need to solve as a society, as far as news coverage goes, is this thing that happens. And it's one of the uh, it's an outgrowth of the social media age and the fact that we've sort of democratized news coverage and analysis. Now, generally speaking, as you may know, someone who's working at Blaze TV, I think that's a pretty good thing. I'm glad it's not just Walter Cronkite out there telling you exactly what to think. I'm glad there are other voices. I'm glad there's a lot of people talking about this and coming up with different opinions. I will say that this, this particular phenomenon, which we're witnessing in real time right now, is one of the problems. There's good, si- good things and bad things. I think the good things overwhelm the bad things when it comes to democratizing the media and having more people, more voices. But let me give you one of the bad things. CNN and pretty much everybody else in the media watched all this stuff come down, came down, come down yesterday. They read the, uh, the indictments. They read the statement of facts and they correctly analyzed it in real time. They said, this is really nothing. We got nothing new. This is disappointing. It's underwhelming. Oh, gosh, we sound kind of depressed. And then they went on break. They got to the break. They got to the commercials. They decided to go home. They started to read Twitter. They started to read blogs. And here's the thing. There's always an appetite for your previous beliefs to be parroted. There's always an appetite for someone who come up with some reason to say, hey, well, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe it's not underwhelming. Maybe there are good arguments here. There's always somebody out there who will come up with a think piece about how actually it wasn't oversold. It was undersold. This is an incredible thing. And then you get the situation where these same people who were very disappointed on the air yesterday about how they didn't get anything, read that and then say, well, why don't we just talk about it that way? Let's just come up. Let's let's heighten that. Let's get that person on. He says it is a big idea, a big deal. Have them come on. And this cycle goes out of control. I do think it's something, you know, the market essentially gives an excuse uh, to come up with a, a justification as to why this is just as bad as you thought it was before. So over time, 
the realism of that initial reaction fades to the background. And I don't know how we're going to solve that, but that is something that is happening. And I'll give you a good example of it. New York Times came out with a story today. Analysis, a surprise accusation bolsters a risky case against Trump. Bolsters? What bolstered it? Well, they decided, uh, because of a quick mention in the statement of fact yesterday that we, we hit briefly yesterday, um, of a tax claim that this is the thing now that is the felony that they're going to tie this to to make this get across the line of the misdemeanor statute of limitations problem that they have. What they're going to say is, and I, and I kid you not, this is a real thing they're arguing now. I'm not making this up. This is not just me coming up with some fake, um, you know, uh, argument that liberals could come up with in a crazy mishmash world. No, this is what they're actually saying. When so Donald Trump and Michael Cohen say, hey, we're going to pay off uh, Stormy Daniels. And Michael Cohen uh, opens up a company. He pays off Stormy Daniels. He needs to get his money back, though, because he basically took out, if, if, again, this guy is supposed to have a lot, a lot of money, took out a loan against his house, his, his, his home equity loan, basically, to pay off Stormy Daniels. Took out, what was it, $130,000 and pays it to Stormy Daniels. Now, he's out $130,000. The easiest thing to do would be Donald Trump just cut him a check for 130 and it's a reimbursement and we move on with our lives. But the problem with that is because it was going through the business, they had to come up with a reason as to why uh, you were reimbursing him. What were you reimbursing him for? Well, the whole purpose of the payment is hush money. So if you write on an actual form, I was paying off a, a porn star because I wanted to hide an affair. Well, it's not really hush money anymore, right? People are going to know about it. So what they, this is again, the accusation is the Trump way of getting around this was to pay Michael Cohen this money as salary, as a retainer, right? Instead of paying him $130,000, they paid him basically double that amount and actually a little bit more on top of that, to say, hey, this is just income for your lawyerings, and uh, you will get the money, and then you'll have to pay taxes on that. But when you're done paying the taxes, you'll still have more than $130,000. So you'll be made whole, and we'll give you a little bit extra payment on top for your troubles. What the accusation here is, is that Donald Trump forced Michael Cohen to pay taxes on money that he shouldn't be paying taxes on because in reality it should have just been a reimbursement. So the kind of a roundabout accusation here is Donald Trump paid too much taxes. He shouldn't have paid taxes on the money, but he did. So therefore, that's wrong. It shouldn't have been treated as income. And after a decade of them telling you, we need to see Donald Trump's tax returns. We need to see his tax returns. We can't see his tax returns. You know why? He doesn't want us to see his tax returns because he doesn't really pay enough taxes. He doesn't pay enough taxes. And the way we're going to put him in prison is he pays too much taxes. Obviously, come along with us on this magical journey. How can anybody buy this crap? That is what they're trying to do, though. And will it work? I don't know. You know, I kind of am working under the understanding that it's not going to work. I don't think it's going to work, largely because it doesn't seem possible. I will say we have a, a system that has held up against a lot of these bad claims against Donald Trump. You know, the impeachments uh, that were BS didn't go through. Uh, we, uh, we've seen the Supreme Court step in in many of these cases, brought up for BS reasons and overturned programs like the uh, eviction ban. I think they'll do the same thing when it comes to the student loan situation. You know, the courts have been the one bulwark. 
Think about, uh, you know, Coach Kennedy, who was on this program, talking about how he couldn't pray at the 50-yard line. That got thrown out. Uh, you know, the baker in, in Colorado who didn't want to bake a, a cake for a gay wedding. That got taught. A lot of this stuff has actually held up. The system has held up in the courts, and we should be encouraged by that. I do think that there's a small chance that it does go through. But I think, honestly, if it goes through and gets through the hurdles that will happen before the trial— there's a good chance the trial goes the other way. And it's just true. So we will see how that goes. Now, what's fascinating maybe most about this is that Alvin Bragg is most famous for letting everybody go. He doesn't want to prosecute anybody. He wants to take felonies and turn them into misdemeanors and misdemeanors to turn into nothing. And that yet with Donald Trump, he wants to take the smallest of crime and elevate it to this ridiculous level as the first charge ever against the president of the United States. It's absurd. But I thought it would, it would be an important thing to look back a little bit at the career of Alvin Bragg just so far and the New York uh, office. Uh, thanks to the Daily Mail, he went through a bunch of these and found some interesting examples. Let me just give you a few of them. Um, uh, this is, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, terrifying rap sheets of the 10 worst NYC criminals who were repeatedly released by Manhattan DA Bragg as he focused on the Trump indictment. I'll give you a few of them. Uh, Harold Gooding, he's 53, dozens of arrests for larceny, including four heists at a target. Uh, more than 70 arrests for theft alone, 15 convictions, 14 failures to show up in court, which means he did show up once. And number one on the NYPD list for repeat offenders. I guess uh, he was repeatedly released. William Rolone, a 30-year 30 30 rap sheet, just stole $2,000 of medication from a Dwayne Reed, which is like a you know, pharmacy. Um, he was armed with a pocket knife. He told, uh, the judge told him he should feel lucky because of Bragg's policies. Uh, Jamel Pringle, 167 records, but just the 167 arrests on his record. Police joked about his frequent flyer miles due to Bragg's laws offering bail only for his most serious offenses. Arrested for $430 robbery at Rite Aid and for theft of a tip jar of $40 at a cafe. One felony conviction, 88 misdemeanors, and 39 citations for failing to appeal in court. Rodney Johnson, 53 years old. Only 90 arrests for him. He's been in prison twice. 90 arrests, prison twice, 94 for robbery, and 98 uh, for grand larceny. Those are the years he was in there. Arrested in 2005 for domestic violence. He threatened to kill his ex-girlfriend's daughter. He skated on felony robbery charges that was struck down to a misdemeanor due to Bragg's policies and released on bail. How much bail? One dollar. Donald Trump's the problem here. Isaac Rodriguez, he was dubbed the Man of Steel after 57 retail thefts. He was arrested 13 times for robbing the same Walgreens. 13 times. I mean, by time eight, do you call the police as he's walking in the door? He's obviously going to steal something. Nolan Gonzalez. He uh, stole $350 of Tommy Hilfiger from Macy's in Herald Square. He robbed the Macy's so many times they put out a trespass notice on him. He was charged with grand larceny, burglary, and criminal possession. But guess who? Reduced the charges and he was released without bail. Craig Tamahana, 49 years old. He's got a 20-year rap sheet before uh, setting the Fox News Christmas tree on fire. Remember that story back in 2021? He was arrested weeks before that for exposing himself outside of the Jelaine uh, Maxwell trial. He had a public intoxication arrest in 2002, three separate arrests for public intoxication, burglary and resisting arrest between 2017 and 2018. Ah, he doesn't know. Why keep him in prison? Go after Donald Trump. Lamel McRae, he's 32. Served 20 years in prison after attempted murder and robbery at age 17. Uh, of course, he uh, did not actually have to serve the full 20 years. Uh, he, in 2022, he shoved a commuter onto subway tracks. 
saved by good Samaritans in the station, charged with attempted murder, assault, reckless endangerment, and harassment. Ah, why put him in prison anymore? He doesn't need to go in there anymore. Alvin Bragg is here to save the day. Christian Jeffers, 48 years old. He's arrested nearly 50 times, served six years in prison before attacking an Asian man on the subway with a hammer. Now, Christian identifies as a woman, though he is a man. Rap sheet goes back to 2007, includes prostitution, grand larceny, public lewdness, theft of service, and drug possession. And the prostitution thing is kind of interesting because he's a man identifying as a woman. What happened when that was revealed during the prostitution transaction? Finally, Michelle McKilly, 41 years old, a self-proclaimed professional booster. Not like boosting a college program, not supporting, uh, you know, the University of Oklahoma's uh, program. No, no. This is a person who is uh, boosting, like, stealing stuff. Told police after her 97th arrest, y'all are stopping my hustle, was her quote. Y'all are stopping my hustle. Isn't that nice? See, some of us Southerners do make it up to New York. She's using the term y'all. After 101st arrest for a swiping paper towels from a Dwayne Reed in Harlem, she kicked, bit, scratched, and spit on two NYPD officers. But she's out thanks to Alvin Bragg. Donald Trump, the guy running for president, the former president, the guy who maybe made some inaccurate entries that were misdemeanors on a business transaction, that's the guy Alvin Bragg is focusing on while letting those people go. I know it's unbelievable, but it's true. This is where we are in America, and it's a sad, sad time. My Box of Awesome comes every single month. I love My Box of Awesome. This, of course, comes from my friends at Bespoke Post. And the boxofawesome.com quiz that you take, you just fill it out and say, like, what are the things that you like? You know, what are the things you like to do? Do you like to travel? Do you like to camp? Do you like, uh, do you like doing outdoors work? Do you like sport? What do you like? You go through, take the quiz. They send you an awesome box every month. Here's a couple things I've had in, in, uh, coming uh, lately from them. First of all, this awesome travel bag which is really, really nice. It's like super sturdy. It's got the great strap. You can use it for a gym bag. You can use it for an overnight bag. My wife, when she went to the hospital, I told you about her surgery the other day. This is the bag that she brought with all of her stuff in there, perfect for an overnight. And then uh, also got this recently, which I really thought was cool. This is a cutting board. This is perfect for, I mean, if you're, of course, if you're camping or whatever, cutting board, and check this out. You just put the thing, the knife is right in the cutting board. Look at this. What a cool idea. It sticks right in there. You just keep it. You're never going to lose it. I, I, this is perfect for like, you know, you're going out there, you're cutting some vegetables for the grill or whatever. Awesome. Uh, and it comes with like the nice information where it comes from, tells you all about it. A lot of these are like brands you've never heard of and you will probably never know of if Box of Awesome didn't turn you on to them. Right now you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code STEW at checkout. It's boxofawesome.com. The code is STEW. You'll get 20% off right now. This is a great gift for anybody. You need to hook up with a present coming up soon. Boxofawesome.com, code stew. Boxofawesome.com, code stew. I'm joined now by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up right after this program, 9 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to check it out. Glenn, you're starting with uh, some interesting footage tonight. Well, I'm, I'm actually starting today's uh, program, and I, I don't want to give away too much, but I'm, I'm just taking the videotape of the motorcade. Mm. And I'm going to narrate over that. And I think halfway through, you're going to think, 
uh, oh, this is, he's going to say, this is the campaign ad Donald Trump is going to use. <laughs> but it's not. Mm. And uh, you'll be blown away by the ending of this. We've got an M. Night Shyamalan started? M. Night Shyamalan. Wow. It's, right. it's, it's going to be one of those things you go, holy cow. Wow. I got to see that. And that's coming up in just, uh, just, a just a few minutes here. Um, you mentioned on radio today a, a piece of video that, uh, that I don't think a lot of people saw. Um, as it related to President Xi in China mm. um, and how that kind of ties into what we're seeing here in America today. Okay, for people who haven't seen it, can you kind of give them that? Yeah, so um, if you remember at the, you know, the, what is it, the glorified godly <laughs> council of, you know, gods or whatever they yeah. have over in China, those big red rooms where everybody's like, just don't kill me. Just don't kill me. <laughs> President Z was sitting on the platform, and he was sitting right next to the guy who was his opponent. Okay, um, and Z is just—I mean—they are sitting closer than we are. Z is sitting like this. The other guy is right here, and all of a sudden, two guards come up and tap him on the shoulder and whisper in his ear, and he looks immediately over at Z, and then he looks up at them like, "No, no, no," and they like you're coming with us. No, no, no. And then he stands with President Z. President Z is not even looking. Nobody. Yeah, everyone looking forward. No one mm -hmm. is looking. And, uh, and he's like, basically, what, 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 what are you doing? What is happening? Why, why am I? And he was just taken out. And that's it. Over. That's how China deals with their political opponents. That's exactly what is happening here, mm. except there needs to be a story. But how many people, well, we talked to Alan Dershowitz. I mean, like or hate Alan Dershowitz, if you listen to today's interview, I think you come to a place where you actually, I was sad yeah. for him because he said, I've been fighting for the Constitution, you know, back in the 50s down south so blacks could be free of, you know, Jim Crow laws and all of this stuff. And he said, everybody's telling me, sit down and shut up. And he's like, I won't. I'm 85 and I won't shut up about the Constitution. Um, but his point there was of how many of his friends who believe in the Constitution, Bill of Rights, they won't stand up. They won't say anything. And that's exactly that room full of communists, all of these people that are just like, don't, don't take me out. Just don't take me out. I'm not looking. It's not going on. I'm not seeing it. That's what America is doing right now. Mm -hmm. By not looking at what's really happening. I mean, it was bad, the McCarthy era. And we put people in prison. They were Hollywood writers. This is a president this is a president. So if you start at the top, all you writers and everybody else that are down at the bottom, you don't play ball, what do you think they're going to do to you? Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, a president has, I mean, look, Donald Trump can defend himself. He's, this is his expertise. Yes. <laughs> this is what he does best. But he has an army of supporters behind him who will have his back at every turn. You know, down the chain, 
There's no army of supporters behind average people. There's no army of supporters other than their families that are going to help help these people get we through this We would like stuff. to live in a dream world that we would say, oh, the Blaze TV supporters, you know, they'd be. Those are their best. Yeah, those are the best. And I'm not sure all of them. Because if I were somebody who subscribed and that person is being taken off, I would hope. But I don't know until I'm there. Am I going to be a guy who hides the Jew or looks the other way. Mm. And this it, thing heats up. These questions get harder to answer, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's why I've been saying. I went to Auschwitz how many years ago? And I said, you've got to make the decision now. Yeah. Because the decisions are only going to get harder. What's your reaction on the way this has been handled by, you know, the media? They certainly went into it cheering it on. This is, although it was very sad and somber, as we yeah. covered. Very sad and somber. But they went into it cheering it on. This is going to be great. I mean, the aftermath has been interesting because I think there's been a lot of, wow, that's really all they have? They don't have anything above and beyond what we've already heard? I was to Ted Cruz last night. We're at a thing, and, and um, he made his way over, and I said, what do you think of today? And he said, well, I knew what Fox was going to say, so I wanted to see what CNN was going to say. Yeah. And he said, even CNN, they were like, that's pretty weak. Right, right. That's pretty weak. <laughs> what... The, the problem is, this is such a big deal. It shouldn't be, that's pretty weak. It should be, this is an outrageous. This mm-hmm. is outrageous. I gave them the benefit of the doubt, you know, that maybe there would be more, but there is no more. In fact, there's less than I thought there was. Uh, and to indict a president of the United States on this is something that we as Americans can't tolerate. Is it a banana republic? Are we there or are we close? So um, I'm actually going to explain what a banana republic is uh, tonight as Mm -hmm. well. Um, You know, a banana republic is called a banana republic because they sold bananas. And so the governments got involved with the banana companies. Okay, public-private partnership. Mm. Now, Mm. keep those bananas being picked and sold and shipped. Let nothing stand in the way. And it became put anybody who stands in the way of the company, no matter what the company does, put them in jail, put the opposition in jail, just keep the money flowing among the top. I don't know. Doesn't that sound like America? It does. Today? This is a totally unrelated question, but um, it, it, Banana Republic is a derogatory term, right? Yes. Like you look at this and we say this is, a, this is falling apart. Why would you name a clothing company after it? Isn't that weird? I never thought of that. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's not a good thing. Well, good thing is their clothing isn't that good either. Okay, okay. It just kind of falls it, apart. Are they made in Banana Republic? I, that- I don't know. I just know they are way overpriced. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's that. That's, by the way, we're, this is sponsored by Banana Republic. We've now lost <laughs> it. So. Um, so let's go to the overall uh, view here of this. How does this turn out? How does it play out over the next 18 so months? This was shocking to me. I don't know if you found it shocking when we were talking to Alan Dershowitz today. Um, he thinks this is he thinks this is an abomination. Yeah. Okay? He thinks this is like... Got nothing to it. The guy should be disbarred. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, however, when I asked him, how do you think it's going to turn out? He said, I think jail time will be... That's incredible. I was, I I was blown be, away by that, too. Yeah, I think there will be jail time. I am definitely, I will say this, I am definitely operating under the idea that this is going to get tossed. That is definitely in my head. Like, I think this yeah, is going to get thrown so. out. Some court is going to say, come on, this is ridiculous. And right, but what his point was, I said, really? And he said, Glenn, 
the people that elected Alvin Bragg are the people who are going to be on the jury. (laughs) And the judge is in the bag for the Biden administration. I mean, this is this is Al Capone kind of stuff. Imagine how, um, you know, people felt watching trials, your kids killed in the streets by gangsters, you know, and booze runners and everything else. Chaos is everywhere. You know, this is happening. You don't trust the police because they're all being paid off and they take them into court and they get off over and over and over again. You'd be like, "How, how is this happening? How is this happening? Because the jury pool is tainted. And so is the judge. The left would say the Al Capone thing is sort of apt in that Donald Trump has done so many terrible things. And now we're finally getting him on on a little thing. Sure. But this is still a crime. Yeah. So help me out on this. Al Capone was having people murdered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. There is a president that comes to mind that. People have joked a lot about people that just disappear and, you know, hang themselves in a park and drag their dead body across the street. (laughs) Anyway, um, so Al Capone was a murdering gangster. Okay, he was causing massive chaos and death in the city. He was engaged in illegal booze running Mm -hmm. millions and millions of dollars. They got him on the income tax because he was taking those millions of dollars and putting them in dry cleaners and other shops to launder the money and then claim that it is uh, it's, you know, good, clean money. Mm -hmm. And I don't get paid for any of this. They caught him with an income tax violation on the laundered money. So it wasn't like, hey, you know what? He didn't. He didn't file his 1040. Mm-hmm. You know, it, no, right. no, no. He didn't pay enough on this. No, he was laundering money. And that's how they got him on an income tax thing. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do. There is no murder, crime spree, selling of booze. None of that. <clears throat> none of that. So, you know, I said to you today, here is, here's the, the case in a nutshell. If I replace you with Donald Trump. Alvin Bragg came out yesterday and said... Stubergear, by trying to cover up another crime, committed a crime. Let me say that again. Stubergear, trying to cover up a crime, committed another crime. Let me say it again. In fact, let me say it 35 times. That's all that this was. And they never defined the crime. What's the crime? Alan Dershowitz said, there is no crime. There is no crime. This is what they were reflecting nicely on CNN. Well, I thought we had something bigger than this. How about anything? I thought they had anything. I I stand by. Donald Trump has been investigated. I think he is the most well-vetted individual in the history of the world. Probably true. Okay? Because it wasn't just one country. It's every country. China, Russia, all of the countries against us and all of the allies, the five eyes. Not to mention 40 years before he was president, he was being vetted constantly with every one of his dealings. Correct. So all of that happened. And this is what you have. So bad. It's, It's embarrassing. I contend very few people could take the scrutiny that he and his family has been under. I know the Bidens couldn't. 
Yeah, uh, maybe they should have a little bit of that. I mean, can we save a little from the Trump side and put a little bit of it onto Biden? It would be fascinating to watch. And I got to say, you have to believe some aspiring right wing D.A. somewhere is going to look at the charges against Hunter, against, you know, uh, Joe, against Jim, against all these people and say, hey, maybe we should take some of this up. I mean, we are setting that precedent. Texas, in Oklahoma and I think Arkansas. Arkansas. I think you're right, yeah. There were sex crimes and business crimes and drug crimes that happened in those states. Why isn't an enterprising uh, attorney general or district attorney in those states saying, wait a minute, that video was taped in my state. Why aren't they going after them? Well, I mean, it's, it's like a, you know, a, a long day of drinking at a concert festival. Eventually you break the seal and then you're going back to that outhouse over and over again. And I think I think that's what Bragg has done here. He's going to oh, yes. open the floodgates for everyone to do. So this. here's the thing that I, I think people have to have a discussion on. Um, this is just the first one. Allen thinks this is going to trial and, you know, whether he wins or loses is irrelevant, but. The trial, according, we talked to Trump's attorney today uh, as well. He's really sharp. Uh, According to him, the trial will start next year during the Iowa caucuses. But that's just trial number one. They are talking talking about five different indictments now on five different subjects. Donald Trump, this whole election is going to be about not relitigating, litigating the president, okay? That means we're, are we going to be talking about war, the economy, what the treasury is doing, what's happening in in our schools, what's happening with the dollar, what's happening with energy? We've never had bigger issues. And because of the Democrats doing what they're doing, that won't be, none of those things will be talked about. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, the scenario is easy to, to paint where, where, you know, I think, I think Trump was the favorite coming into this primary anyway. People are going to rally again, around him. Right. Then on the other side, you're going to have Joe Biden, again, able to run an entire campaign from his basement, never having to talk about his record or anything so he wants to do. if he goes, if, Donald, if this becomes all about Donald Trump, which the media will make it mm-hmm. about how guilty he is, mm-hmm. okay, um, and if there, there is a bit of hope, but it lies in destruction, if the economy is decimated, Donald Trump could be the guy who is on stage going, I'll fix this. I did it before. I'll fix it again. OK, um, but if Donald Trump is all tied up in that and he's talking about all this, the guy without a record, the guy who is the arsonist will be able to stand on stage and say very little about the fire, except I can put this out. Nobody's going to be talking about the arson. Jeez. This is, it's going to be a fun year and a half, boys and girls. Uh, Glenn Beck, his new special is coming up tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. He's going to explain why Banana Republic named their clothing store after <laughs> Banana Republic. It all comes up tonight. Don't miss it on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. You'll save 10 bucks. Glenn, thanks. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment. 
And that's a lot of responsibility. You need an agent who takes that seriously. That's why I always recommend Real Estate Agents I Trust. It's a company Glenn started years ago to make sure that you have a, the best agent in your area. You deserve the best when you're talking about your biggest financial transaction. Uh, you do your, uh, you just go to uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. They do all the homework for you. They screen everybody for you. And then they will make the introduction and follow you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents that uh, real estate agents I trust work with have long track records and they're the best sellers in their field. Uh, they're part of the, this audience a lot of times and they share your values. They're kind of almost anywhere you want to go. So the process is simple. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com, provide us, uh, you know, and the whole team at realestateagentsitrust.com with some basic info. Uh, they'll contact you, and they will introduce you to the preferred agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Don't go in unarmed. Make sure you have the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So we had talked a little bit about the Wisconsin uh, Supreme Court race that went on. And honestly, like I said this uh, to Glenn the other day, we talked to the guy who was running uh, kind of on the conservative side of things. And I just, I, just this, the... The moment is not very good for this election. I, I just didn't see how he was going to win this. And unfortunately, he did not. Um, Wisconsin voters on Tuesday chose to upend the political direction of their state by electing a liberal candidate to the state Supreme Court, flipping the majority control from conservatives to liberals. And the big thing here was Wisconsin had this law on abortion from like 1849 that was still in the books. Uh, and it was very, very restrictive, basically no abortions allowed in a state that probably would be more in the middle. Like, um, you know, it's a purple state, Wisconsin, probably leaning a little bit blue. Uh, but this law came into effect. That's basically what threw this election um, again. And I've said this 100 million times. I, I if if abortion laws wind up causing, you know, costing some elections, you're going to have to deal with that. It's more important than elections. Um, but hopefully they can find some sort of restriction that isn't, uh, you know, super mega liberal. But, you know, they're going to overturn this law. That's certainly basically what they ran on. Um, also, Chicago had an election as well. Brandon Johnson won this. This is a bit of a surprise. Uh, this was Lori Lightfoot who lost in the primary. And you had Brandon Johnson, who's crazy, crazy liberal progressive guy versus uh, a guy who was. Well, you know, a Democrat and still a liberal, but a little bit more sensible on issues like crime and education. It was a surprise. I think he had an 11 point lead going into this, uh, wound up uh, losing uh, in that race to Brandon Johnson, who was, you know, as nuts as Lori Lightfoot. And so I think one of the things you need to remember here is when you see some of these things happen in big cities, it's not that people are turning conservative. A lot of times they're just calling out incompetence. They're saying, well, we're still crazy liberals, but we think Lori Lightfoot sucks. A very sensible reaction, by the way, about Lori Lightfoot. I will say some good news as well in politics locally. Uh, North Carolina lawmaker has decided to switch parties. Um, and uh, if, it, if it does actually go through, be a major political setback in North Carolina for the Democrats would make a, 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 a veto proof majority in the General Assembly for Republicans. A huge deal considering there's a Democratic governor there. So that would be a very positive thing. So a little good news, a little bad news on the political front. We'll get into more as it happens. There's a new movie coming out, and I'm pretty sure you're going to want to see it. We had the big premiere here uh, last night. Unfortunately, my wife went out and got her kidney taken out, so I couldn't go. But everyone got to go see it. It's made by the same people who made God's Not Dead and Unplanned. It's called Nefarious. Yes, you've probably heard of this one if you are a fan of The Blaze. Uh, you've seen maybe the posters or the trailer. Uh, it looks great. It's a little scary. 
It's kind of like a horror film, not exactly that. It's based on a book by the Blaze's own Steve Dace. Uh, now, it looks a little bit more like C.S. Lewis' book, The Screwtape Letters, if you, if you read that from back in the day. Uh, it's kind of like Interview with a Demon. A psychiatrist is called into a prison to meet a convicted killer who's about to be executed. Uh, I will say the psychiatrist may be a little out of his depth on this one. Yeah. Nefarious opens nationwide the weekend of April 14th. Don't miss it. Mark the date. Get your tickets now at whoisnefarious.com. Check it out. Whoisnefarious.com. Support our friend Steve Dace and go check it out. It's whoisnefarious.com. Yes, do you remember the days? Yes, the days when Joe Biden was overwhelmingly approved by the American people. No? <laughs> well, there, there was a time. I know it doesn't seem like it now, but yes, there was a time. Back in September 2021, overwhelmingly approved 50 to 49. Yes, that was incredible. Those times were amazing. And then they pulled out of Afghanistan and inflation went through the roof and a bunch of other crap happened. And it's been well under 45 for a long time. New Fox News poll out. Yes, maintaining these lows. 44% approval, 56% disapproval in the new uh, Fox News poll. Now, the news wasn't all bad for Jolton Joe. In fact, um, uh, independence. You know, there's some great news in the, in the way of independence here on Joe Biden. In fact, 35% of independents approve of him. And you might say, that doesn't sound like great news. But just remember, it used to be 26%. So he's from 26 to 35, an incredible uh, improvement for uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. But overall, the poll pretty much sucked. And yet, that's why it's another example of Biden's new low. Okay, so here's what happened. In Arizona, a Dairy Queen had a big red spoon statue out in front of it, and now it is missing. Yes, you can see here. Let me show you what the uh, restaurant normally looks like. This is with the big red spoon. And it's a giant red spoon. And I don't know what you would want to do with this giant red spoon. I mean, I will say when I go to Dairy Queen, that's about how much I want to eat there. Uh, When the blizzard comes out, I need a spoon that big. Also, a giant spoon like that would be great for doing a lot of heroin. And it's very possible that could be it. I mean, it is Arizona, you know, by the way. So occasionally people like to do some heroin there, I've heard. Um, By the way, um, they found the spoon. It was spotted in a field nearby. So, So I think someone was doing heroin. And then they just gave up and left the spoon there. Police rescued the spoon. It goes back now to, they put it on top of their police cruiser. And now the spoon goes back to safety at Dairy Queen. Everything turned out fine. And now I really want a blizzard. Uh, Your comments on YouTube. Make sure to rate and review the podcast, by the way. I never asked you to do that. So I'm bad at that. Please do it. Please follow the show on YouTube. Do all the things you're supposed to do. I don't know. You you know, you probably know that stuff better than I do. Uh, Anna writes, uh, Stu, your highly informative, intellectual, and factual discussion of this important legal document Cracked me up. Talking about yesterday's show, going through the indictment. And uh, Maria writes, Stu suffered, suffered through CNN so I could giggle through his breakdown. 
thank you so I didn't have to. Yes, that's what I try to do here. I try to monitor CNN so you don't have to put yourself through all of the pain. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to go do some heroin off a big red spoon.